Aren't you fed up with calling a business only to reach a voicemail, phone tree, automated system, or worse, someone who sounds busy, bored, or actually annoyed you are calling? I can't believe how many businesses we interact with spend money marketing to drive phone calls and then completely fail at handling those calls. A full-time assistant costs a lot of money, but at a fraction of the cost, Abby Connect provides businesses with a world-class, professional, and courteous team of receptionists specifically trained to take their calls. Based in the 24-7 city of Las Vegas, Abby Connect has been wowing business callers for over 13 years. No wonder they are the highest rated live receptionist service. For our listeners, Abby Connect is offering a no-obligation free, that's free, trial. And after your trial's over, our listeners will also receive $95 off their first bill, but only when you sign up at our special link, abbyconnect.com slash profit first. That's abbyconnect.com slash profit first. Sign up today to experience the difference. So let's try this out. So everyone that's listening in right now, we are rebranding the show to be Entrepreneurship Elevated. I've tasked Kelsey with finding the most impactful, energizing song. This one she found. Let's try it with the script. In today's episode, we're going to learn about uh, Profit First and the implementation of it with Rachel Carroll. You're about to hear that and so much more on this episode of Entrepreneurship Elevated. Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Roth. <laughs> right. That's horrible. <laughs> Can you pick something better than that? All right. I'm going to revert back to our original song. You keep shopping around for us, okay? Okay. In today's episode, we're going to talk about implementing Profit First in your business. This business is a neuromuscular therapist. And yes, Carol, I'm sorry, Rachel Carroll has achieved profitability using this method. She's going to share how. You're about to hear all that and so much more on today's episode of Entrepreneurship Elevated. Go! Here we go. I like the robot. Entrepreneurship Elevated. All right. So when you search for songs, I personally am slanting towards something with a little more energy than that last song you played. What? I know. I know. It wasn't bad. Are you marking down that you're going to use that song? No. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. I'm Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First and Clockwork, uh, and a brand new book. I just got a book deal. I don't have the name for it yet, but it's coming out. And uh, I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. You know, there's financial poverty, there's time poverty, there's happiness poverty. We're out to fix it all. And that's what we do on this episode and every episode of Entrepreneurship Elevated. I'm joined in studio with Kelsey Ayers. Hello, everybody. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Podcast.com, iHeartRadio. And please leave us a review. We are um, going to bribe you with something. If you just leave a review, send me, Kelsey at MikeMcCallowitz.com. I will send you a copy of Profit First or Clockwork or Pumpkin Plan. Yeah, you pick it. Yeah. Ideally, pick one of the Penguin series. So I also have Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, Search. Those were self-published. We'd rather you pick a Penguin book because then Penguin pays for the shipping. (laughs) (laughs) They're not a sponsor. They're not going to listen to this stuff. And Kelsey is, by the way, spelled spelled K-E-L-S-E-Y at MikeMcCallowitz.com. Um, Kels, before we dig into today's episode, I want to know, what have you been up to? Haven't been up to too much. I I told you I hurt my knee, so like I haven't done any kind of physical activity in a while. How'd you hurt your knee? Um, kickboxing. Oh, oh yeah, that one. Oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's like a month ago, though. Yeah, 
I is think, still injured? Yeah, my sister thinks I had a, a torn meniscus. You? <clears throat> First of all, is your sister a doctor? She's a physical therapist. Okay, okay, oh, okay, okay. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. Like, I still have a hard time putting weight on it. Like, I can't do, like, squats and stairs still bother me. You were doing squats? First of all, this morning, at the morning meeting, you were doing squats. I saw you squatting on the wall. Yeah. So I'm you, not saying I'm not doing that. I'm obviously doing stairs all the time. They're in pain. I'm just, I feel it. Yeah, like, it's not fully healed. Does a torn meniscus heal on its own? It can, if it's in the right place. I think there's certain placements where you need surgery for it. But mine's obviously not that bad. Okay, well, we got to get that. You better get that fixed. Yeah. So anyway, I haven't really done hiking or... Your favorite activities. I was like, I started running just before that, and I didn't do that, yeah. So you, you did have a, a pretty long running career once you got started. Yeah, it's like two times. <laughs> you, you went right- <laughs> That's awesome. That's all, two times in one week, though. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 not the- Or two weeks, it's fine. In two weeks, all right. Yeah. It's really not the quantity of runs, it's the frequency within a relative time period. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you belted out two runs, two big runs within two weeks, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really big. Mm-hmm. So this morning, I went for a run. Yeah. I was telling you guys at the huddle, and um, it was so dark. I went I went at six in the morning, which is still dark, and the uh, it was very cloudy, so it was pitch black. So I had like one of these running lights you put in your head, which you need. When it, where yeah. I live, there's no lights. Yeah. So I'm running, and the snow's coming down, but it's very light snow. But because you're running out, it feels like a blizzard. And then there was deer running around outside, all over. It felt like I was in a winter. I know. I love that. Yeah, it's like a a winter, like a snow globe or something. Yeah. You know, I love the snow. I'm like really bummed that winter is here, but. It was so nice to be in my house and have like the fire, and it was just peaceful. Well, your house is awesome. So I finally had the chance to visit yeah, Amy, yeah. myself, Paul. We all came up. We did a retreat, effectively, yeah. in your house. And what I love about your house is you have a as a it has a heart that where that furnace that furnace is where that stove is yeah. is the heart of your house, and you can see it from the kitchen. You can see it from the dining area. You can see it from upstairs. You can you can see it from the bathroom practically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I guess you could. No, you do. You could. Because if, if I recall correctly, your bathroom does not have a door on it. <laughs> Is that true? You recall incorrectly, sir. No, you didn't have a door in your bathroom. Remember that? And you were... Well, we dude, got that there. did happen early on. Yeah, and you had guests over. Not when over. you were there. Yeah, my book club was coming over. <laughs> People are like, I have to go to the bathroom. You're like, um, I ha- it's kind of awkward, but it's- how long would we be in there? Because... We're all girls. It's yeah. fine, right? Depends the activity. The activity you're participating in, because the one of the bathrooms doesn't have a door, so we'll be participating with you. <laughs> it's all girls. It's fine. I ran out to Home Depot. I got a saw so that I could file down the door, and I put it back on before anybody got there. And you did a nice job on your floors. I was very impressed by your floors. I actually. Would you ever think about doing it at other people's houses? No. Oh, okay. Nothing about that was enjoyable. Oh, it was really nice. It's Thank a. It's you. a very light wood. It adds a lot of color to your house, and I was inspecting it because when when people do their own work, do it yourselfers. There's usually yeah. gaps and bubbles. Yeah. I couldn't find a single flaw. Yeah, there's a besides lot of flaws. the bathroom not having a door. And I didn't. I still haven't finished the the quarter round molding around some of the baseboard, but I don't know. I I was I was blown away. I was pretty impressed. Thank you. Hey, um, do we have any listener mail? We do. Maybe we uh, maybe we hear it. It's like a shout out, right? Yes. So this comes Bazinga. From- Austin Hans, he left us a review on iTunes. Oh, that, nice, Austin. Yeah. Did he get a book? What book did he pick? He did, Papa First. Nice, Austin. Well done. Yeah. 
So he says, I read Profit First and immediately implemented the process in my business. After reading the book, I tried to learn more practical tips and systems. The podcast has shown real people doing this in their business as well as what else helps their business run smoother. Mm. Nice, Austin. And we have a real person coming on today. Yeah. Usually we don't have real people. I mean, they're all real people, but they're not real people. (laughs) It means nothing. You know what? Are we going to have the t-shirts? We'll have the t-shirts in time for this. So the next person that posts a uh, review and we send them a book, let's just throw in a t-shirt too. Yeah, okay. Get their you know, their shirt size. But don't, you can't, ask, here's the rule. You can't ask for a t-shirt because we're only getting like 15 or 20 of these made, I guess. So uh, just, if we have one, we'll come back to you and say, hey, we want to give you a t-shirt. What size do you wear? Uh, and it better be medium, because all we ordered was medium. We should do like a survey of... A sur- oh, I'm sorry, we should do a what? <laughs> a, a what? Dang a survey? everything. <laughs> what should we do a survey of? We should do a survey of <laughs> their favorite made-up word of yours. Oh, yes! That would be a great survey. Yeah. <laughs> and so, we should include survey. We should, yeah. But no, 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 no. You know what Amy we said sh- yesterday? What? <laughs> she called me Kelty. Kelty? She, she lisped it? Yeah, she oh. was like thinking of something else with the TH sound. She's like, hey, Kelsey. <laughs> so I think, here, I, I love your ideas. Can you uh, make sure you do this? Let's set up a page. You can do it on the Mike McCallow site. Call it the Grand Survey, <laughs> right? So that's the title of it. And then what's your favorite word? And then let's have people go into Google Docs or Google Forms. Yeah. We'll have a vote and then we'll make t shirts around that word also. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. But we can't wait all the way till this episode happens. So you're going to have to figure that out. How to get that survey out in advance. Yeah. You got it. Okay. Okay. All right. I think uh, all our nonsense is over. Now the important stuff. Wait. What did you just say? A nonsense? All of our nonsense is over. Did I? Oh, no. <laughs> did, I, did I mess that up? I thought you were saying announcement. Oh, all of our nonsense is up. Yeah. Yeah. So all of our nonsense is over, but now we got the important stuff. Mm-hmm. Our sponsors. Mm-hmm. Corporate partners make this show a reality. Receipt Bank. Can you guess the other one? The one. What is the other one? Next Eva. Yes! <laughs> How did I know? I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk about them more in a little bit. I want to get to the meat of the show right now because my little chime went off. We're at the banter over period. <laughs> Rachel is a, this is Rachel Carroll, by the way. Rachel Carroll is a certified neuromuscular therapist and is the owner and founder of the Neuromuscular Studio. She has been, oh, and it fades out, a practicing licensed massage therapist since 2002. In 2003, she began her private practice and founded the, because it fades out. There's something wrong with our printer. (laughs) A studio. Concentrating her efforts on rehabilitating athletes and treating the injuries of performing artists. And I don't know if you know this, but I met Rachel at Entree Leadership, where uh, I had a good opportunity, the great opportunity to speak there, thanks to uh, Dave Ramsey and his team. Welcome to our show, Rachel. How are you? Welcome, Rachel. I'm doing well. Sorry that our printer kind of faded out. It's weird. I think it's that, w- that word neuromuscular. Everybody kind of like skims over it. Including our printer. <laughs> our, literally the printer is like neuromuscular. <laughs> so uh, you're That's a German awesome. car enthusiast. Let's get right to it. What's your favorite German car? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, um, big fan of Porsche. Yeah. Um, we have uh, four of them. Um, what? Uh, several are well, investment, so a part of our investment portfolio. Um, but uh, yeah, I have a Cayenne for a daily driver that has 190,000 miles on it, and I That's am mine. driving that thing to the ground because it's paid I for, it. and I'm saving cash for my next one. So awesome. um, yeah, but I'm a big fan of the air cooled uh, 911. So those things are awesome. Oh my gosh. So, a car as an investment sounds like an oxymoron to me. What 
like how what year are these cars like how do they be when do they become investments as opposed to uh, losing money. So, so my husband, um, is actually really, really good at knowing the car market. Um, and so, um, and this is just a piece of our portfolio. Of course, we're not putting all of our money into this, but, um, but he is great at finding, um, low mileage cars, um, in the vintage that the knowing the market that it's going to um, appreciate uh, pretty quickly. So we always buy low, kind of like real estate, mm-hmm. um, buy low, um, and then, uh, just, you know, build the equity. And, um, so the favorite, the, my favorite one is uh, 97, um, 911, uh, black on black. And, um, we bought it with, I think 46,000 miles on it. And, um, yeah, that thing is awesome. It's the last year that they made the air cooled engines. Oh. So, um, yeah, which is a big deal. Um, in 99, they went to, um, water cooled, uh, with a radiator, completely different car, even though it's only two years different, um, different in design, different in drive, um, all of that. So, yeah, so we've got one of those. And then we also have an 86, uh, 944 turbo in guards red. Um, that's a really cool car. Um, all of these cars, um, you know, we, we bought on the low end, like I said, and, you know, and, and they have appreciated, which is pretty cool. Um, and then my investment car is a, an 87 Mercedes uh, 560 SL. Um, I bought it with 27,000 miles on it. Um, uh, found it in New Hampshire and, you know, snatched that one up. And uh, I think I've, uh, gosh, I think I've, um, I can't re- remember what percentage I've made on it, but um, had it two years and uh, definitely is in the investment portfolio as well. So I yeah. think there's a song. Yeah. There's a song with 87 Mercedes, I believe. Oh, like a, there is. There is, song. yes. Yeah. And everybody sings it to me. <laughs> yeah. 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 So no, there's a cool. joke. It's not a joke, but uh, about German cars and American cars uh-huh. and Japanese. And it goes yeah. like this. It says, an American car, when the, this is an old joke because it's probably not true anymore, but when they're building an American car, they put a door on it if it fit close enough, it would stay. A German car, they put a door on it and it fits close enough, they put the next door on it until it fits just perfectly, right? They do it over and over. The Japanese, they put the door on and it just fits. That was the joke. That's the joke about Japanese manufacturing, how efficient it was. Yeah, I know, I know. People right now, are they're like putting the show on pause. They're like, oh my God, I've never that laughed so hard. so hilarious. Okay, so let's get into your business because I know you implemented Profit First, but there was a time before you had Profit First. Tell us about what your business practice does and, and how the numbers looked uh, years back. Sure. Um, okay. So we've been in business for 15 years. Um, I say we, I am of course the, the founder and the business owner, but um, my group of therapists, we all um, are, are collectively working towards one you know, goal uh, and vision with the business. Um, we provide um, neuromuscular and other medical massage therapies um, to uh, help people with chronic pain and injuries. So, and we help them have um, less pain, uh, more movement, and a better life. That's our tagline. Um, and uh, that that's, uh, actually came from client feedback on the three things that we'd help them achieve. Oh, that's smart. And so, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, uh, did some uh, Donald Miller uh, story brand work and, and uh, fit that all in. And, um, and it's been good for us. But um, so, yeah, so 15 years, I uh, started out with just me. Um, and then after about six years or so, um, I needed to... Um, uh, find another therapist to help me with overflow. And then, you know, it's just kind of grown uh, organically over time. Um, I do follow Dave Ramsey. I've um, oh, been awesome. an, an entree leader for um, a long time. Um, did his all access coaching, uh, business coaching for about four years and whatnot. And, um, you know, I, my business from day one has never had debt. Um, 
It's one thing I firmly believe in that businesses, in order to have stability, there are a lot of business owners that that are out there that think, you know, oh, I have to take an SBA loan or I have to take out a line of credit to make payroll and all that. And um, to me, that means you're just moving too fast. Um, I I firmly believe in growing organically over time, um, paying, you know, for things um, in cash as as they go. And um, it served us quite well. Um, now, there were some some trials and tribulations, um, you know, 2008 when, you know, the economy crashed. I was very happy that I didn't have debt. That was uh, a monumental year for us um, in, in surprise numbers, um, surprise numbers in a positive way. There were a lot of people that came to our studio that still put their money into and investing in their treatments. Um, and they chose just not to go out to dinner or, you know, not to, um, yeah. And it, you know, not to do, not to spend money on, you know, something at the mall or, or, or whatever. Um, the feedback that we kept getting was we only had one body and this is the thing that helps us feel better. You know, we can change our car, we can change our house, we can, you know, stop eating out, you know, all these other things. Um, to help with our budget, but um, we only have one body and we want to take care of it. And so uh, we really uh, fostered that and um, cultivated, you know, that idea. And we just got down to work and we just made sure that we had people coming in and our numbers and my business actually grew in 2008 and 2009. So, um, but I would not have been able to do that had I not, um, had a good business sense, had I not had, um, you know, debt hanging over my head, um, and with payments to make. Um, so all of, all of those things, uh, were positive as far as, you know, using cash to, um, to build stability and then also to grow the business. And then that's, uh, evolved over the years as well. Um, I, uh, got pregnant and had a daughter, um, it took five months off of maternity leave. I was very happy for my uh, uh, savings account, my business savings account, and my personal savings account. Um, again, Dave Ramsey teaches you know both. You know, make sure you have both. Um, very happy for that, and I was able to stay home with my daughter for five months. Um, I also uh, had to have a, an unexpected surgery. Um, I had a, a hip cartilage, a hip labrum surgery uh, three years ago, and. That knocked me out of business um, personally, uh, not treating clients for um, about 12 weeks. And then I went back extremely part-time. And so again, you know, unexpected, but very happy that I had my retained earnings and my business savings account. So all of this leads up to about 18 months ago when I was introduced to Profit First. Um, So I already had some, some... key things in place, but I felt like, well, just with knowing that I needed savings and knowing not to overextend, you know, um, and, and, you know, rely on debt and, you know, all of those things. But when I read profit first, um, I'm a very detail oriented person. Um, if you know the disc assessment, I am a C and an S, um, or C than S. And so I am all about the details. So what I loved about profit first is that it was actually a plan. And I felt like I, had a great understanding of where my money was going until I read your book. And, mm. um, and then there were some big light bulb moments. Um, so what I've done the most um, in implementing Profit First um, has been to make sure that I'm using, you know, I, I'm taking um, a 10% 
um, transfer from um, into my business savings. 5% of that is devoted to continually beefing up my retained earnings until I'm at that point. And then the other 5% is my um, profit draw. Once my retained earnings are at a good um, standpoint to where I have another, you know, six months of business expenses, um, kind of, you know, waiting in the wings, uh, then I will then take the 10% uh, draw every quarter. So So, you you sound like the exception from the get-go. Many people that come on our show or that I've worked with personally, uh, you know, racked up tons of debt, desperate situation. They're, They're seeking a way out. It sounds like if you didn't do profit first, I think your business would be just fine. I mean, you're, you're it sounds like you're doing pretty darn well without it. It would be fine, but it can be better. <laughs> you know, yeah. I could take more profit um, for sure. Where I was before profit first, um, I was using my profit to reinvest back into my business, okay. which is, of course, not not a bad thing, right? Um, I just wasn't taking that money to compensate myself for all of the hours that I work. Um up until about three months ago, I was working about 70 to 75 hours a week. Um, but we're getting some juicy stuff. Yes. Yes. I I read clockwork. Thank you very much. And (laughs) I am uh, designing everything and I've read pumpkin plan also. Um, thank you. Um, but, uh, so working on that, but yes. So, um, so up until that point, I mean, I was organized, but I was like, Oh, I need to spend money on this. Oh, I need to spend money on that. Oh, let's spend money on Google AdWords. Let's spend money on all these things that I was spending money on that I didn't really need to. Um, so it kind of like Dave's, you know, baby steps and whatnot. This is kind of similar, right? Like, okay, let's look at your budget. Let's look at, you know, and let's put the profit in there because guess what? You got to take a profit. You know, one thing, and tell me if this lands with you. One thing that people say is, oh, I reinvested profit. And I'm like, oh, that means it was never profit. It's just an expense. You, right. you put an account, you called it profit, or you, your accountant said, congratulations on your profit. But it never was because that money went back into buying stuff. Right. Do you, do you feel it's really just a deferred expense? And, and maybe that term by calling it profit temporarily actually gives us a good feeling that's unjustified? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I actually really had to look at my expenses and be like, okay, is that really necessary? Kind of yeah. like a personal budget. Like, okay, is that is that shirt really necessary? Okay, is that spending that amount of money on whatever for my office? Is that really necessary? Does that is that an investment in my business? Is that a good return on my investment? And I just like took a marker and I lined through everything and I started canceling. And then all of a sudden, there was my profit. What, so, wait, where are the things you canceled? Give me some some ideas. Oh my gosh, like magazine subscriptions. Okay, every doctor's office has like a million magazine subscriptions. Okay, nobody reads them. Guess what? Because we're we're punctual and we're on time. Like we don't keep people. I shouldn't even have a waiting room because people walk through the door, we're ready for them, we take them and they get them on the treatment table. Um, But, you know, these magazine subscriptions, I mean, I don't know how many I had, but they're like, you know, 25, 35, you know, 45 a year. Well, that all adds up, you know? Holy crap, that's like... I got like this buzzer going off my head. There's a great indicator, what I'm hearing from you, of a doctor's office on how quickly they service you. Look at the magazines. If they have magazines, clearly they're preparing you to queue up and wait. Right. Yeah. That's freaking what, awesome. What's it, there, what's it there for? I mean, you know. Yeah, it's, it's prior to kill to, time. Prior to smartphones, you know, prior to smartphones, you had to sit there for, you know, half an hour and like look at a magazine. Flip through People magazine, page after page, others, John Travolta. I don't do that anyway because I'm, I just, I don't like to touch other magazines and other people. You know what I mean? It like does creep me out do- too, right? If they've been in a doctor's office for, you know, if the magazine is like a year old, I'm definitely not going to touch that. My magazines, at least in my office, like we recycle, we change about, you know, every month. So they're not there too terribly long. But, um, but anyway, so all of those 
things, yeah. like those small things, you know, those so, are the things that, yeah. Any other things that you cut that maybe traditionally you would say you can't cut that? Like maybe, maybe. Oh, you, advertising. Advertising. Adver- right. so everyone needs advertising. Advertise. So, well, so, so my business was, was based on grassroots, um, has always been based on yeah. grassroots and um, word of mouth referral. And about three or four years ago, I'm like, oh, I need to spend money in advertising. Didn't really need to. Um, and I found over time, you know, as I cut, you know, I, I just gave myself a small line item budget, um, you know, once I started with a profit first. And I mean, it was amazing how I just eliminated that expense. I still did a little bit because I felt like there were some key areas that, you know, it were giving me a good, you know, ROI, you know, with the business. But um, I just went ahead and I just scratched those and um, everybody else, other businesses, you know, were like, oh, well, you need to advertise. If you're not advertising on Google, if you're not doing Yelp, if you're not doing, right. you know, Facebook ads or whatnot. Um, but we just went back to, you know, our existing client base and that those leads are already there. They know they want to tell their friends. They want to, you know, share their excitement with what we do and how we've helped them, you know, have less pain and more movement and a better life. You know, when you're, um, you're eager to tell people about, you know, when you've had a good experience and someone has changed your life. Um, so we really honed in on, that and and just really cultivating those relationships um and and those that's free so no i love it is is that a a remarkable service is the best ad you can ever have and so what kind of savings are we talking about like i don't know if you can give us dollars or percentages but by cutting those magazines cutting the ads cutting other stuff what kind of savings did that represent um probably six to seven hundred a month damn and then where does that mm-hmm. money go then? You, you're putting in a profit account or you're, you're taking now it's in Now it's in profit. Buying yeah. Porsches with it? Okay. But no, yeah, hey, no. <laughs> I, so let me tell you. So let me tell you. My, um, my, I'm very proud, actually, because my profit distribution um, is now going, like I said, to fund a new-to-me car whenever that is, my new A to B car to, to replace um, my daily driver. Yeah. And I got a set dollar amount and you know what? I just keep doing my transfers every quarter. And when I get to that dollar amount, then I take that cash and I go buy my next daily driver that I'll have for another 190,000 miles. Um, And yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to do a a car payment on a, on that kind of a, that kind of a thing, you know, it's just not, yeah, I don't know. So, um, so that, and my daughter, she's five almost, and we're taking her to Disneyland for the first time for her birthday oh, in awesome. December. And all of that is being funded by my profit first, um, distribution. Yes. I so, love her. Yeah. Now, Disneyland, because that's I the one in California, right? with her. Is Disneyland California? You know? Does Florida? Disneyland's California. California. No, Disneyland is California. California. Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. So I'm, I'm in Phoenix. So it's just a quick hop over. Just, uh, we'll, we'll drive, um, whatnot, but, uh, yeah, so I'm excited, right? Because I get to take, you know, my hard-earned money yeah. and I get to do something awesome for my family and build memories, you know, with my family. Yeah, so, I love that. Yeah. Talking about so the car, though, I'm thinking, you know, some of your your patients may see you drive up in this, hey, it's a Porsche, it's nice, but it's like 190,000 miles, it's got some wear and tear. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you're doing so well. I, I hear some people saying, you know, your car represents your character, represents who you are. Is that really true from your experience? It, well, I think 
everybody, um, it does represent your character and the fact that you're selective in what you drive. Um, I, I have had some clients like, Oh, you drive, you know, a Cayenne. I'm like, yeah, it's a 2004 and it has 190,000 miles on it and I'm going to drive it to the ground. And you know, it's great because I, it, I can haul my family in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, you just, you go on and on and on, you know, everybody thinks about, you know, a certain badge, um, on a car yeah. being a luxury, but I'll be honest, um, I so so with what I do, I actually see a lot of people who are in back pain because they are in a car that doesn't fit them. Interesting. Um, my car fits me, and um, I drive 25 miles each way um, yep. to work about. And so if I'm going to be stuck in a car for 50 miles a day, um, 45 minutes each way, whatnot, um, I want to be comfortable, and I want to make sure that you know my my back is supported that, um, you know, I feel, uh, ergonomically it works for me. And so there are other models of car that would definitely be quote unquote cheaper. Um, but not really because I mean, it, you know, I've, I've definitely got my money out of it. Yeah. So, I think it's interesting. Um, like but, like but it some people like, Oh, if I want to be a, a effective salesperson, I better drive up in the fancy car to show my success. Now I hear the other side too. People are like, Oh, I better drive a a clunker because I don't think my customers are taking, I'm taking advantage of my customers. But I guess at the end of the day, what matters is what satisfies what you need and is within your means. And that's what you're correct. Doing. Yeah. Correct. And, 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 and you, whatever choice you make, you own it. If, if you want to, you know, drive, you know, um, uh, I don't know, I mean, a Honda Accord, whatever, and you love it. Great. Rock it. That's awesome. You know, but you know, that might not be somebody else's choice. You know, I think, I think you should love what you drive. I think what you drive. I think when it comes to profitability for a business, um, it it really is about the mental game. And I, Shame, I'm ashamed of this because this only happened about a month ago. I went to a speaking event at um, some country club. I don't know where it was, but, uh, Pennsylvania or New Jersey. And I, I don't have a car right now. So I have a, I have a Dodge Durango that is uh, it's fully paid for, and I have a, uh, a BMW that's fully paid for it. Both of them have over 100,000 miles. My daughter has cool. taken the BMW, um, so she has that. My son, who's got a license recently, takes the Durango. I literally am carless, and I don't have – I'm saving to buy the next car, but we don't have the money yet, so I, I just can't and won't buy a car. I drove down in the Durango. The front bumper is torn off, not because of him. I'm actually the one who went over a curb and backed out, and I kind of reacted oh, yeah. the bumper. You know, but I didn't park in the front, even though there's parking spots. I parked in the back, and my head's like, oh, I don't want people to see me walking in because uh, I don't want to be bugged. But that's like, oh, no. I, the reason I'm doing this is I don't want people to see the, the scratched up Dodge Durango I'm driving when I'm the keynote speaker. Shame on me. Shame on me for not, like you, to uh, to Rachel's point, not owning it. You know what I'm saying? Well, th- but, but that's a talking point, right? That's a speaking point. That's an opportunity to be like, yeah, I could have, you know, rolled up in my brand new, you know, Mercedes that I leased, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I don't like, I live what I, I, I am a living Testament to what I do. Yeah. Yeah. But and, you know, I didn't you know, have the courage I to do that. I, I, I didn't want to have to face that conversation. That's what, uh, uh, now I'm realizing as I reflect back upon that, like, like, and, and the fact that other people, if, if anyone else cares, like I shouldn't care that other cares, like that's their issue, but that I cared yeah, that they might true. care. I don't know. That that reveals something about it. Or is letting somehow your car define you. Uh, my, yeah. 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 
Yeah, that's pretty sad of me. Now, 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 I, I, now I have self-loathing. I think no, it was agrocious. It was absolutely agrocious. Now you have awareness. Yeah, that's true. I've grown. You'll be more thoughtful about it. I've grown a little bit. What What are the other things you discovered as doing profit first? Did you discover anything about the operations of your business? What's profitable? Uh, what services are profitable? What's are not? What are not? And so forth. Uh, well, I quickly I realized that my office overhead is more than um, than uh, it needs to be right now. Oh, so what which do you do in that Challenging. Case? Well, I've got another year on my lease, um, and you know, definitely uh, looking to see where the health of the business is in about six months and whatnot. The challenge for me is that as a massage therapist, you really need to be um, careful, of course, of you know what environment, you know, your office is at. Um, I don't want to be in an area uh, where my clients will feel uncomfortable. Like New Jersey. Um, what? <laughs> All of New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> I had to get a New Jersey you know, joke. You know, like I could find a cheaper office right. um, yeah. in some place that maybe my client, that would be better for my, the health of my finance, the financial yeah. health of my business. But my clients, you know, I don't know. They might not want to come visit me there. So yeah. Um, so it, it's this, right. you know, it's this, it, it's this balance, right? So, um, <clears throat> I love where I am now. I think it's great. Um, I would love to stay there. Um, so I'm actively working on, um, increasing revenue and, um, you know, growing the, the, um, businesses of, you know, my other therapists that, um, that, that work with me, um, in order to help me stay in that location. Um, and it wasn't a bad move. Um, it was definitely a move that was needed and it was a move that was calculated and planned out. What I wasn't expecting was um, in the move, we lost about 10% of our clientele. Really? This was six, this was, this was six years ago. Yeah. So um, now, now we're, we're back up and we're good. Um, but yeah, about 10%. Um, and we only moved five miles away. And that's the one thing that a lot of clients, a lot of businesses don't um, realize is that nobody likes change. Um, your clients don't like, you could, you could um, move to another suite in the same complex, but because it's a different suite, it has a different feel, it has a different layout, it's change. And people may have aversion to that. I never thought that. I was like, hey, I'm moving to a better part of town. I've got this yeah. nicer office. I can easily afford it. Everybody's going to love it. And there was some, there, there, there were some pushbacks on oh, that. Um, so yeah, so uh, that was definitely unexpected. And again, had I not had my retained earnings and my business savings account, um, and not had the tools of, you know, building business and, and whatnot, um, I, we would, we would have had some challenges. So, you know, so, so with that experience, I'm also looking at, okay, where my next office um, if I do need to, you know, move locations, um, what does that look like? You know, am I ready for that? Am I prepared for that? And I have to weigh the pros and cons of, you know, perhaps a more expensive lease in this current space. Um, I've always told myself, I have lots of, uh, lots of physicians that refer to my office and, um, and physical therapists and whatnot. And we have a lot of people that drive extended, um, periods. Um, uh, you know, so in Phoenix, I'm kind of on this southern, uh, more southern type uh, part of the community. And I've got clients that drive over an hour, you know, from the northwest, you know, part of the valley, you know, to come see us because, you know, because of what we do. Um, it's very specialized and very limited. And hopefully, I hopefully they're driving like, oh. a car with horrible seats so that you can get more back work out of them. That's awesome. Um, so we, uh, so, so, you know, it, they always, it always comes up in conversation. Oh, you need to have a second location up in blah, 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 right. or you need to have a second location out of here, blah, blah, blah. 
And as a business owner, you know, you think about that and you're like, oh, people are wanting to, um, wanting me to, to be closer to them. That's a really good idea. And then you look at it on paper, like, okay, that's a second overhead. Yeah. That's me hiring an office manager to manage both. That's more money in payroll. That's a non-revenue generating, um, position. You know, you start looking at all of those things and I'm like, no, I'm going to stay in this space. Even if my rent is more expensive in a couple of years with a lease renewal, until I am bursting at the seams as far as our business operations. And then I think it would be a, a better choice to make, um, to look at a satellite location or um, to look at just a bigger space, you know, so all in one. Smart. So, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's it's a work in progress. You know, um, nothing in business is, uh, is uh, set in stone. You know, you're yeah. always, every quarter I'm, you know, readjusting and, re-strategizing and coming up with, you know, something new, but, um, but yeah, we just celebrated 15 years. So, um, we gotta be doing something right. Oh, clearly (laughs) it's, it's, uh, so tell us uh, before we let you go, just about profit first, the future of it. So you've implemented profit first, you've had some realizations, you're making tweaks to your business. Where do you see the next year with profit first? What are you going to do with the system? Um, so in the next year, um, how I have it planned out is I'm going to be, um, really looking at, again, beefing up my retained earnings. So, uh, hopefully with, um, increased revenue, I've got, um, my huge black Friday, uh, gift certificate sale, um, uh, last year's campaign netted, uh, 228% above Bazinga. 2016. Wow. So yes. For so now this black year, Friday for neuromuscular therapy, like that doesn't compute. So what? Head. Yeah. So, so. I only, so we never discount our services. Um, and so what we do on black Friday, uh, in black Friday weekend, we give a 10% off, um, they can buy what is a studio card. So basically it's a gift card in a certain dollar amount and they get 10% off of that. Um, 10% is all that I can afford with margin. So, um, you know, my therapists are paid very well, um, because we're all specialists. Um, so, you know, that's what I, that's what I can carve out. And so, um, that's what we do. So we do 10% and they know it's the one time of year that they can save money on their sessions and the people, you know, neuromuscular therapy. I mean, you, you have to come in on a regular basis in order to receive results. If you're not, um, coming in, you know, every week for a while, you know, you're, you're basically wasting your money. So people are invested in their treatments when they come to see us. And so this is their way of, of doing that. So now this year, um, this year I have a goal that's, um, let's see here about 50 or 60% above, uh, what we did last year. And that's calculated based on new clients and, you know, um, uh, also based on the work that I've been doing on a campaign. So even though I'm taking a 10% hit at the very beginning, um, with that, it's guaranteed work for our office for up to the next year. So I'm okay doing that as long as I have it calculated. So that's, that's kind of our, um, our goal. And then, you know, profit first, of course, goes in with that. So I take my profit distribution, um, I transfer all that money into the, from the gift cards into my business savings account, and then move it into OPEX once that person comes in and redeems their gift card. So, um, then it goes out, you know, to, uh, to, um, paying my therapist. So, um, so I guess with profit first over the next six months, let's say, um, utilizing all of those to continue to build up my retained earnings so that if I do need to make an office move at the end of next year, I can do that. Um, and then, 
also um, just, you know, increase profit for me personally so that I can continue to, you know, save up money for my new car <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, and do some uh, really cool experiences with my family. Yeah, take your um, six-year-old then you know, well, to, uh, to Disneyland, right? She's five now. Go again. Yeah, she's going to be five in um, December 11th. So we're going to be uh, heading over there. Awesome. So it'll be fun. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right, yeah. Rachel. Well, thank you for joining us. Before we let you go, where can uh, any of our guests, if they want muscular you know, therapy or just reach out to you and learn more, where can they go? Sure. Um, so my website is um, nmtstudio.com. So it stands for neuromuscular therapy studio.com. Uh, and definitely uh, check us out. Check out what we're doing. Um, there are neuromuscular therapists all over the country. Um, if you uh, need assistance finding somebody in your area, uh, Kelsey sounds like you would be a good candidate for neuromuscular therapy um, with your knee. Um, so uh, we can definitely help you uh, locate somebody there that is trained and certified. Let's get you to a couple sessions. Why don't we do that? We'll pay, the company will pay for it. That way we can talk about it on the show. Oh, nice. Yeah. So go for a couple sessions, but if it costs, more, if it's more than two sessions, you're on your own, kiddo. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you so much, Rachel. Hang tight. Uh, we want to talk to you after the show, but we'll, uh, we'll let you go for now. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So uh, in a second, Kels, we're going to talk about what we learned. Uh, we're going to learn what doctor you go to. Better not be like a per- It'll actually be funny if it's a pervy doctor. Like, oh, he was really so creepy. It wouldn't be funny at all. I think it'd be funny. <laughs> I had a, a bad experience with the. I guess there's a line, right? What is it? Podiatrist? Is that who works in your foot? Or is yes, that podiatrist. Pe- just a little bit creepy. Yeah. Just the way the guy. I don't know. I don't know. It just it just looks a little bit too into the foot exam. Like you think he had a fetish? I don't know. That's why I questioned. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't that creepy, but I don't know. It felt like there's caressing. There's there's holding and then there's caressing of feet. I feel like it's your kind of sphere of influence almost. Like, that's what he does all day long. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly. His, you know, focus. I wonder if he behaves differently. Like, if it's a guy's foot or a woman's foot, like, is he a little more cautious about his his caressment? Yeah. <laughs> caressment. That's what I write that one down. Caressment. Yeah, foot caressment. Make sure you write that down. All right, uh, Kels, I want to learn what you learned. Uh, I want to learn what I learned which I already know, but I'm going to reveal it. And then uh, I do want to go over a listener mail. But first, corporate partners, corporate sponsors, corporate buddies. Next, Eva, voice over IP phone system. You know, if there's anything that separates a standard neuromuscular therapist from the exceptional, it's their phone system. We all know that. We all know that. You think it's the magazines in the waiting room? Yeah, really. I mean, new, fresh ones, they make you stand out a little bit. Those crusted over ones, No. But people all notice your phone system. And actually, quite frankly, any business that you're in, everyone knows the quality of the phone call. That's where it all begins. And everyone. Ends. Everyone. You're always judged by that. <laughs> I don't care the car you drive, that Porsche. They I don't care. they got to be a great business. Their phone service is Is that an Nextiva? Is that an Nextiva phone system? Oh, my gosh. Here's my money. <laughs> Nextiva will do that for you. Learn how by going to Nextiva.com. And then, of course, there's receipt bank. That's the second thing. People are so critical about two things I've noticed in life. Your phone and your receipts. Me too. It, you ever see someone with that wallet that's just packed with receipts, just overflowing? Yeah, receipts. I see it in my purse every day. Oh, you're one of the people. <laughs> I get very judgy, quite frankly. I'm like, do they really even care about their receipts? Do they even categorize anything in their life? Are they just agrocious? That's what I see when I see someone carrying around receipts like that. So judgy. I'm very judgy, and I think most of the world is very judgy about receipt collection mm-hmm. collections. So. Receipt Bank actually addresses that, and they notice this problem. They notice how you're being judged, and they said, well, no more. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to scan in those receipts. No one will know about your fetish of going to that podiatrist who caresses your foot all the time, collecting his receipts, and then sniffing the receipts. 
No one needs to know that you do that. They scan them all in. No one has to deal with your fetish. Receipt bank. Check them out. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously super important. What'd you learn today? Oh, let me hit the tunes. So what'd you learn today? Oh, it had an echo. Yeah. Um, so I loved learning that people don't like change, that she lost. You guys speaking to the microphone there, dude. Oh. <laughs> like, uh, your paper loves hearing from you, but the microphone would really enjoy it. So. I had to refer to my notes. I love that people don't like change. She lost 10% of her business by moving to a better, nicer... Yeah, big insight, right? Location. Yeah, really big insight. Yeah, that was actually shocking. It was shocking, but it was not. Because I know yeah. when my any of my providers make a move, it doesn't trigger the fact that they're moving somewhere else. It just is a reconsideration. Oh, do I want to exactly. stay this... Exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and I'm sure in the long run, you make up the difference and it probably you come out better yeah. for it, but... Still, that's it's. But those are is the word for only perf- five miles. Perfunctory you know? customers. I mean, they're coming to you out of just the routine. Yeah. But not because they value you. Yeah. So maybe it's not bad to lose those customers I anyway. I also I love that because she never gives discounts for a service that people need. Yeah. When she does offer it, it's very smartly away. done. Where she know she's going to make the return on it she yep. knows she's guaranteeing the work for the next year like that's so smart i almost felt compelled to buy a uh black friday discount yeah, from her yeah and i'm just gonna fly to phoenix i know i'm like oh, yeah exactly even though it's gonna cost me a thousand dollars it's worth hotel, it i got the discount, I got discount. <laughs> and even though i don't have a muscular a neuromuscular therapy issue needing a resolution right now that's I'll, what you think yeah exactly um here's what i took away first of all i never heard of this insight before if you are taking out loans, you are moving too fast. Yeah. What a great yeah. summary. Yeah. Boom. Um, and and so smart to not open a second location. Because I feel like, right, there's that yeah. lore. Customers need me there. Yeah. It'll all work out. But really, she'd be splitting up her, you know, her existing customer base. Yep. To take on more expenses. And then I think the other thing was uh, those magazines. Like, that was interesting that the magazines yeah. really, a stack of magazine represents waiting time and, you, yeah. and you're really trying to placate people's weight yeah through magazines don't placate the weight with <laughs> magazines <laughs> actually that. serve customers you're on a time. poet and you don't even know it i know i know i didn't know it don't yeah. placate the weight that should be another, we should have all these quotes on these shirts it should be a shirt with like a thousand quotes on it. so people have to come up to you and they have to look with a magnifying glass at your shirt shirt and say what does that say that's actually a great idea we should put all your words on one shirt yeah let's do that everything yeah don't placate the weight. Maybe we can put some smartisms on there too. Like, don't placate the weight. One of Mike's smartisms. Literally the only smartism. Yeah. Well, we'll find out in our swerve or whatever that was, that word you used. Survey, okay. Survey, survey, yeah. When we get our survey done. All right, do we have any listener mail today? You've got mail. Pattern baldness. Who listens a long one? Comes from Alex and Sabrina. Oh, is it double? I read along with you. They say their business may be a little unique as they do all their selling from their website. They sell candle and soap supplies, and their business is growing fast. The part that they have a question about is they ship a lot of items when they do this, their software, they have to prepay for the shipments. Oh. So if we if they follow the 1025 bill payment, then how do they ship the items every day? Of course, mm. they would assume they will have to figure a way around this. So each day... Would be still drawn the funds out of the account to cover their purchases, and that is another question. They have when 
they need supplies. Yes. <laughs> Keep bags, reading. toner, ink, or paper. How do they pay for these items? Do you I'll leave it there. That's fine. That's fine. So, and I can't bust your chops because it was actually. Well, actually, this is an important question. Right. Do they charge everything on their credit cards and pay the bill twice a month? So here's the 1025 rule. The idea is we need to get into a rhythm. If we're doing daily, we're doing reactionary, and it's very hard to get a gauge of the outflow and inflow of cash. So if you're required to pay daily, you need to build up a reserve of cash. Here's what I do as a one-time transaction. All those deposits and sales you have for a week, put everything into OPEX, just this one time, so you can build up a reserve of operating expenses. Then, all subsequent deposits, you go through the profit first method, it accumulates in the income account, and then every two weeks, it gets allocated to the other accounts. But because we put a, a large chunk of, chunk of money in the OPEX account, you can now pay your daily shipments whenever it's needed because the funds are in the OPEX account. Then when you do the allocations of income, we're replenishing OPEX, and now you'll start getting a measurement if there's enough money there. So it's that simple. You just need to fund OPEX in advance. And then, of course, I would look to negotiate, too, with uh, any vendor. I don't care if it's Pitney Bowes or some of these large vendors. Try negotiating. You'll be sh surprised what you can get if you simply negotiate. You, you agree with all that? We're good? Beautiful. It was, it was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. Do we have anything else, Kels? That's it. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. But please leave us a review and send me the screenshot to Kelsey, K-E-L-S-E-Y, MikeMcCallowitz.com. Yeah, because you get, for the screenshot, you get a book. Yeah. Like, a book of your choice. Yeah. Now, are we are we sending them to Penguin or are we shipping yeah. ourselves? We are. And they're, they're not bitching and moaning. Oh, we're not doing yet. a batch now or something, yeah. right? Okay. Is Amy doing that? Me. Okay. Okay. Good. So do that. We Listen. <laughs> Listen, well, as long as we can milk this cow, let's do it, baby. Yeah. You send us and the screenshots, we send you the books. Fill out our survey. Yes, fill out the survey. Where is the survey? It's going to be on MikeMcCallis.com. Okay, so yeah, we got to figure out how to get this word out. I guess just you'll put in the show notes, right? Yeah. So look at the show notes, fill out our survey. We'll make some shirts, maybe put all the phrases on there, and let's get it out there. Our, you might be the lucky winner of a shirt. You might be a profit first pervert. Did you say a profit? Profit first pervert. <laughs> All right, guys. It's always a joy working with you. And one last thing. Uh, I do have Surge available for free right now. You can go to MikeMotorBike.com. That's the shortcut to Mike McCallowitz. Click on uh, get my at the top of the page, get my free book. And sure enough, you'll get Surge for free. Instantaneously, it's on a PDF. No uh, shipping, no cost, no nothing. Just start reading and start growing. Mm. All right, let's do this together. Let's eradicate entrepreneurial poverty and let's, uh, you know, have entrepreneurship elevated. All that stuff. Yeah, bye, everybody. Later, guys.